All right, you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 1. Um, I'm taking a two-week break from the Book of Romans because Advent is coming. And we had just, we're just about to start Romans 9. So rather than start, Romans 9 through 11 is a beautiful uh, long section about God's, uh, God's heart for, um, for Israel. So rather than start that and then stop and do Advent and pick it up, I'm just going to, we'll start that after Advent. So Romans chapter, uh, Romans, Psalm 1 is where we're going to, uh, to be today. And Psalm 1 is very simple. It's very beautiful. It's a beautiful introduction to uh, the Psalms in general. And this is what it says. If you want to know what is the problem that's being addressed here in Psalm 1, and this is it, uh, and it's there on your screen. There are two paths you can choose in life. Two paths, generically, two paths, each with a different exit sign on them. Uh, and God gives you joy and happiness when you follow the path paved by his wisdom, not just the day you're saved, not just when you pray the prayer, uh, but every day. A life lived uh, following God's wisdom. You can choose a different path and choose some other source of authority if you like, but what Psalm 1 is trying to tell you, whoever you are, whatever situation you're in, uh, what Psalm 1 is begging you to understand is that there are two paths in life, and God gives you joy and happiness when you follow the path paved by his wisdom, not just on salvation day, but every day. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll be in Psalm 1. It is just six verses long. So it breaks neatly into three sections. Um, two different types of people are compared and contrasted, and then the results of which path you choose are discussed. Verse 1 and 2 are the blessed person. Verses 3 and 4 are the wicked person. Verses 5 and 6, how does each path end? Very simple, very beautiful, really powerful psalm. So I hope, I hope this psalm centers you, centers me, uh, centers us to think about which, um, which, which path are we going to follow in life? Who's going to be the authority for our life? And of course we know the answer, Jesus! But you know, there's a difference between knowing something in your mind and actually making it real in everyday, normal life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday. So let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into Psalm chapter 1. Dear Lord, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Help us to love you like we should. Help us to choose you, to choose your wisdom for our life, and help us to live our life under that authority as you teach us and mold us and shape us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So he starts, uh, and he's going to talk about two different people. The first kind of person is the person who's blessed. Blessed is the one who, and then the rest of verses 1 and 2. What does it mean to be blessed? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a church word. It's a word that Christians use a lot. But what does it mean to be blessed? One way to, to, to get across what it means to be blessed is that it's this happy happiness and joy a radiant inner joy and happiness and status that god has given you it's not just i'm happy but it's that i'm happy because of what god has done for me i'm i'm blessed i'm blessed by god so you have this this joy this this interior light that's lit by jesus and everything he's done for you so what does it mean to be 
How do you how do you become blessed? How do you have this interior joy? Where does it come from? How do we get it? That's what the psalm's going to talk about. That's what it's going to talk about. So blessed is the one who and there's three things mentioned. The first one, who does not walk in step with the wicked. The King James might be better. If you remember the King James, it says, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I think that's really good. The first one, the first thing about people who are, who are blessed is that they do not walk in step with the wicked. It's not about don't have bad friends. I mean, it is that, but it's, it's deeper than just don't have bad friends. It's more about who do you listen to? Right? Who, who, who do you allow to, who's your authority for life? For wis- where do you get your wisdom? What I should do, what I shouldn't do. Where do you get your wisdom for how I should act in this situation or in that situation? So it, it, it's about the, the question, well, says who? Right? Who's your authority? That's really what it's getting at about who does not walk in step with the wicked. Who, what is your authority for determining how you should live your life, how you should think, how you should be? How you should be. And what God tells us in his word is that he and the message that's explained in the scriptures, that should be your source for life and for godliness. And of course, we know that, right? We know. Of course, we know, but we don't always do. There's so many things that we know, but that we ignore or don't realize we've forgotten. We know we're supposed to uh, show love and affection and tenderness and kindness to our spouses. We know that. But then you realize that you've just let things go on autopilot and you need to devote time to your marriage. But if someone said, you know, you're supposed to show love to your spouse, you'd say, yeah, I know. Thanks. The hot tip. But we know we forget to do. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. You walk, you, you, you associate with people. You're going to absorb their values, their habits, their way. You're going to get different sources for authority that's going to trump what God's word says in a million intangible ways. So that's the first thing that he says. The second thing, or stand in the way that sinners take. That's getting across the, the, the way you live. So we have a source of authority, you know, the, the sources of authority that, that we use. Now it's the way we live. Standeth in the way of sinners means the way is, is a road. You're, 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 you're walking along the sinner's road. You're walking down the road they're on. You're walking down the opposite road that God is calling out for you to go down. God's saying, like in Proverbs 8, there's this beautiful image of lady wisdom as this lady in the marketplace saying, hey, why don't you come and learn from me? Don't, don't keep going that way. Come, come here. I have, I have something better than rubies, emeralds, jewels, gold. I have better than all of that. Come this way. And then so many people are saying, and ignoring her and just going on. So the two paths, you can either um, go this way, or Lady Wisdom, Jesus, is there saying, I have something for you. It's really, it's good for you. It's better for you. Or you can go this way, the way of sinners, or the road, the path that sinners are taking. That's why Christians, uh, the, the nickname given to Christians in the book of Acts, one of the earliest names was The Way. 
Paul and the others are followers of the way. And that means the, the road, the, the path. There's a specific path that Christians have chosen, that God is, is shining a light on saying, you need to go this way. And Christians are ones who've chosen, are members of the way. They're, they're going this way while everyone else is going that way. Jesus told parables with that same imagery. Everyone's going that way. You should go this way. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or, or plant themselves on the wrong road. The way, the road that sinners take. This is like a way of living and being and acting. You know, when someone's chosen a different path, it means they've decided to go off that way, right? God's saying, you'll be blessed if you decide to not go down that way. And the third thing, you're blessed if you don't walk in step with the wicked, if you don't stand in the sinner's road in the way the sinners take, and if you do not sit in the company of mockers. All through the Proverbs, this idea of people mocking God, God really doesn't like that. We're talking about an attitude, an attitude toward God. Um, you, know, you ridicule, you make fun of God and salvation in Jesus. He becomes a punchline. This is a person who has a condescending attitude toward God. God is stupid. God is dumb. Jesus is dumb. And th this attitude that says that. In our, script our first scripture reading this morning in Psalm 123.4, it said, we, talking about uh, the psalmist, is saying, we've endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant or contempt from the proud. What he's saying is, people continually ridicule you. They make fun of us because we follow you. And it's this this attitude that just hates God and makes fun of him. And so what he's saying is the one who's blessed is the one who isn't about to those things. And why here, which, which of those three things does God focus on here? What's his focus on in this verse, verse 3? But the one who's blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. What's the focus here? What's the, what, whose delight is in what? The law of the Lord. Why is that the thing the psalmist decides to focus on? So think about that. Why of all that he could have focused on um, not planting yourself in the wrong road. That's the second thing. He could have focused on not having a mocking, condescending attitude. That's the third thing. But he chose to focus on the first, which is your, your um, authority, the one who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, the one who um, chooses a different authority to orient and shape his life. He chooses that one because what your authority is, is sort of the root of everything else. It's like a negative domino effect. If you start bringing in other, author other ultimate authorities about how you should live your life, how you should think, how you should be, that's going to trickle down and topple the domino of how I live my life, what I'm like, what I think, how I think, how I live, how I act. And then that's going to topple, eventually, it could topple the third domino of having a nasty attitude toward God because you don't love him anymore or you never loved him. You don't care about him anymore because your source of authority changed. So your way of thinking and being and living and, and your heart has been shaped by the authority that you choose. You choose a path, 
You choose an authority, you choose a way of life, and attitude toward God comes with it. It's all a package deal. You buy, you buy a phone, you get the phone, you get the charger, it's all a package deal. You choose an authority, you choose God, God's message and his word, or you choose something else, whatever else it is. And there's a package deal that comes with the authority. So God is saying, the psalmist is saying, which road, which road do you want to choose? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord. This is this, this joy of wanting to hear from God and hear what he says. Not just, not just um, words on a page for the word's sake, but how the word is applied, how God's message on the page or on the screen is applied by the Holy Spirit to the heart of a believer. You delight in hearing from God through his word. He teaches you. He convicts you. He rebukes you. He speaks to you. It, there's a delight there. Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates. The word here behind meditate is that of, it's like a figurative, it's a figurative extension of an idea of like a lion purring and growling as it's about to devour a meal. Right? It's this, have you ever seen, a, have any of you ever had a cat who like purrs as it's torturing something to death or something? I've had a cat that like purrs as it's torturing a spider and then eats it. And why is it purring? It's like anticipating with this joy in its heart of destroying its prey. So meditate, it's a figurative, it's a figurative extension of that idea. Not that you want to eat God's word, but you, you're anticipating learning and, and hearing from God. You're meditating on it. You're, you're molding it over in your mind. You're thinking about it. You're asking God to teach you. I'm not saying you're up at midnight studying God's word necessarily or you're a bad person. I'm just saying you delight to hear what God says to you through his word and you, 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 you think on it. You think it's not just for God so loved the world that he gave his only God. So I've got it reading done onto the TV. It's, it's, it's the opposite of that attitude. You're, you're thinking about it. This is the person who's blessed because your authority that you have to shape and orient your life is what determines which path you're going to go on and what your path is going to look like. That person, he says, the person who does that is planted like a tree, like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I keep wanting to say it in King James language and I'm stumbling. What's the metaphor of the tree saying? The person's like a tree planted by streams of water. What's the metaphor about? What's it saying here? What is, what is, what's he communicating here for the blessed person? You're setting down roots. You're being watered by the word, right? There, there's, there's something that you have, you're anchored in something. You're set in concrete. You're not going anywhere. That's what it's getting. Gosh, you plant the tree, the water's there, you grow, everything's right. Soon you'll look like the trees in the background, right? It's, that's what it's getting across. You're planted. You're planted. But then there's the other one, verses 4 and 5. Verse 4. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. What's the imagery trying to communicate here? What are the wicked like? They're not rooted. They're just, they're just flying here like the dandelion, not the dandelion, the, the, whatever those things are called, you can tell I'm big into you know, gardening and stuff. But the things in your lawn, when I was a kid, you pick them up and you blow on them and they fly everywhere. That's, 
Down, oh, see, I was right. See, <laughs> Starla's hiding her face. But anyway, like that, that's, that's, what, that's, that's, the, uh, that's path number two. That's what the psalmist is saying. Which path are you going to be planted in something that, that, that's meaningful, that gives wisdom and life and light and, and everything else? Or are you going to be like these guys? Which one are you going to be? Which one are you going to be? There's an almost identical discussion in Jer- uh, statement in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. Almost identical. And this is what it says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man and draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person, so here it is, different metaphor, but the exact same thing. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in the salt land where no one lives. It's the same thing. It's like desert, dry, and you're this crinkled shrub in the desert with no life in it. You're just this little sagebrush thing, you know, tumbling around the desert. That's what, that's what people who don't trust in the Lord are like. It's the same point, the same imagery, the same thing that he's getting across. He's asking you, choose to be planted here in God's word, and then your way of life will, will follow, and your attitude toward God will follow, but in a good way. And the thing is, we know this. Any Christian who's been a Christian for any length of time knows. But do we do? That's the question. Do we do this? So he says, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly or the congregation of the righteous. Why will the wicked not be standing on the day of judgment? Because they'll be throwing themselves to the ground in, in shame and in terror, begging, right? When someone, when someone begs, you, you, you like prostrate yourself. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like an instinctive thing, please, please. You know, you, you, you debase yourself and make yourself little so you can get mercy, hopefully get mercy from, from the other person. Please don't leave me. Please give me another chance. You know, that sort of, that sort of thing. The reason why the wicked won't be standing in the day of judgment is because they'll be thrown themselves to the ground in shame. This is the result. You choose your path. In the Navy, they have this funny, in the Navy, uh, your job is called a rating, your rate. I was security forces, so I was a master at arms. And there's this funny phrase that says, you choose your rate, you choose your fate. Like you, um, I don't like having to deploy all the time. Well, you shouldn't have chosen that job. You know, it's sort of, sort of that, that sort of thing. Why do I deploy all the time? Well, why did you join the army? Join the air force. Anyway, so it's, it's, it's that same. You choose your path. This is what's going to happen. The wicked will not stand in the judgment because they'll be, have thrown themselves down in terror and shame. Uh, nor sinners in the congregation or assembly of the righteous. Why won't sinners be standing in the congregation of the righteous? They won't be there. So this is the result. You choose your path. If you choose the other path, if you choose path number two, this is what the result's going to be. This psalm is not so much a, a, an evangelism call. It's, it's an encouragement to people who claim they know God to say, which path have you really chosen? And then if there's people there 
who don't know God, but they've been sort of, you know, going along. It's a call for them to say, have you really chosen the path of Jesus, of wisdom, of salvation? Have you chosen that path or not? Have you chosen that path or not? This psalm, as I said at the beginning, is really, really simple. There are two paths in life. God gives you joy and happiness. Remember, this is about the person who's blessed. God gives you joy and happiness when you follow the path paved by his wisdom, not just when you prayed the prayer or when you walk the aisle, but every day. You say, Lord, help me to follow your word and keep me from doing dumb things. Help me to stick to you, stick to Jesus, stick to your word. What should you do with this? You should know, this is the what you should do thing, joy and happiness comes from choosing every day to make God's message in the Bible your authority for life. Choosing every day, God, teach me according to your word. Psalm 119, um, I'm going to paraphrase it and butcher it really badly. I guess I could look it up. But you know, how does a, how do, how does a young man keep his way? By taking heed according to thy word. We, we, we know which way we're supposed to go if we look at the wisdom God has given us in his word. Joy and happiness, blessed is the one who does this. You choose every day to make God's message in the Bible your authority for life. Because if authority goes, your way of life will change depending on which authority you choose. And then your attitude for God, who sitteth in the seat of scorners or in the company of mockers, will be the result one way or another. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, a famous verse, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We can't know, you can't know anything until you fear God. You give him authority, you pledge to learn from him, to not trust in yourself. But our temptation is to always rely on our own resources, our own ingenuity, and sometimes we're really resourceful and we're really smart, but that temptation is, is always wrong. He says that's the way a fool thinks. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we may lie to ourselves and say, I don't despise wisdom. I'm using the wisdom God gave me to figure a way out of this. But if we don't go to God for help and turn to his word for help, while we use our wisdom and ingenuity that God has given us, we're actually despising wisdom and instruction because we're trusting in our own instead of trusting in God's. Because something or someone else is our authority. And we know this, but we do the opposite all the time. I didn't read the last verse of the psalm. Psalm 1-6, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. What's God do for the righteous? He he watches over, he cares for, he shepherds like a, like a dad, like almost like a heavenly father. He's watching over, shepherding, taking care of, keeping us in line, disciplining us when we go out of line. But what does he do for the wicked? He sort of lets them go. Don't go down that, don't. Di okay. Go down the road. Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 8, calling out, come here, come this way, come this way. No, no you don't. Okay, okay. It's, you get the impression here, the way of the wicked leads to destruction. They just ignore and, and, and go. They ignore and go. 
God wants you to choose. God's word for this passage is to choose the path that God is offering. Choose to follow the path paved by God's wisdom, not just on salvation day, but on every day. I'll read Proverbs 8, 1 through 11, and then we'll be done with the service. If you haven't read this before, it's a beautiful picture. Proverbs 8, 1 through 11. Does not wisdom call out? Does, does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. So she's got like a, like a booth there at the intersection. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are, you who are simple, gain prudence. Like she's offering this. You, you who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, I have trustworthy things to say. I open my mouth to speak what's right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They're upright to those who found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire could compare with her. She's standing there saying, I have what you need. It's not as flashy, doesn't look as sexy, but I have what you need and it's infinitely better. Don't just stop here and let me talk to you. Learn. Don't just go on. But so many people go on. That's why Jesus' parable of the, the straight gate and the narrow way and all, those, all that imagery here, the two paths in our, in our psalm, um, it's all getting at this idea, choose God's path. That's the way you receive joy and happiness from the Lord. That's how you do it. That's how you have it. Choose my instruction instead of whatever. And that's what God wants us to learn here. Choose the path that leads to life. Every day, not just 20 years ago, but every day, renew that pledge. Ask God to help you do that in a real way in your life, in your context, in your circumstance. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Help us to love you like we should. Help us to choose the path that leads to wisdom, righteousness, justice, where you can teach us and where we rely on your word and not on ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.